Okay, back here, back in Anchorage, the old podcast studio, the KONR studio that, that I used to use. We're going to talk about why I'm here uh, in a minute, but I'm, I'm very excited to be here with Jason Sear and uh, Trent McNelly. How you guys doing? Awesome. Great. And you guys, we're going to talk about why we're here, but you guys used to work together many years ago at KTVA. Yep. And now, Trent, you're, you're helping us in our studio with Scott Jensen, who also used to work at KTVA doing our build-out for our control room. Jason's in town from Hawaii. Yeah. And by the way, Jason, you, you edit all the podcasts I do. I do, yeah. And I really appreciate that yeah. because I would... You're welcome. When I call you and ask you these questions, <laughs> tell me, do you think I could even begin to put these things together? Yeah. You yes. think I could? Yes. I'm pretty technical. Easily. But if you're going to you know, pay me to do it, that's fine. I, I, I that's like having you do yeah. it. <laughs> and you're in, you're in Hawaii now. You moved yeah. to Hawaii after you were yeah. in Vancouver, yep. and you're kind of all over the place, but now you guys got to... And I was there a few months ago and it was beautiful home yeah thank you so yeah. you guys are in town you're in town trent's here doing doing work on the studio you guys are doing a great job and somehow yesterday in the studio charlo green came up who i haven't really thought about <laughs> I, I, we, we try not to think about her yeah, yeah. <laughs> last time i thought about her at any uh length was when the maria athens thing happened and it turns out the sarah serbach lady who has the sex dungeon bdsm club who was involved with that whole Mary Athens kind of craziness with Molly, the cookie lady. Yep. She was also the same woman that Charlo Green got involved with when she had the, 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 the weed shop upstairs and they were, were they peeing or were they, were they throwing food and urine down the stairs? I don't know. Yeah. 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 There was that whole thing. They were down below her pot shop and her pot club, whatever it was at that time. And they were filing police complaints because people were throwing stuff downstairs. So the reason we bring this up is because you two, as former, both former KTVA employees, yeah. and this is why we're here for the podcast, you guys were actually there when she did the, the, the kind of famous, fuck it, I quit. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was the digital content manager, so I ran the website and social media and all of that stuff. And for the folks listening who maybe aren't familiar with her, because this was about like six years ago now, seven years ago, Yeah. she, she was a reporter who went by Charlo Green. But she actually, her, her name was different, and she was, while she was reporting on the, mar on the marijuana, because... She, she became the de facto KTVA marijuana reporter. Because in 2014, the voters passed the marijuana, yeah. um, you know, refer referendum to, to legalize it. And at the same time she was doing the weed reporting, she was also owning a weed business. Mm -hmm. it was a, it was Under a, a different name. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing air quotes. It was a club, and you could subscribe and get medical marijuana to help your ailment and no one no one you guys didn't know nobody, nobody we had no idea we just no. knew she liked to cover that topic yeah okay so so in Trent you you were you guys were both physically there that night right? I wasn't at work when it happened it was in the 10 p.m. newscast it was on a Sunday night and I uh, took my turn working newscasts every week and Sunday night I was there working the engineering bench during the newscast shading the cameras and, you know, listening with half my brain to what was going on. And I remember, you know, she's doing her report from the newsroom. She's in front of the camera out in the newsroom. And, and she said, uh, whatever, you know, fuck it, I quit. And I was like, did she just, did, on broadcast television, <laughs> did she just say that? I had to, like, double take. And everybody in the control room I'm on intercom with, they all just, like, froze. Nobody knew what to do. And she got up and walked off camera, and they 
kept going with the news. I think Alexis Fernandez was anchoring. She was like shell shocked. And we just saw her. She's now in Vegas. She yeah. is in Vegas with Joe V Hill. Yeah. Who, who was also yeah. a KTVA. Yeah. I have the video pulled up if we want to listen to the uh, do we want to listen to the Charlotte Green we, story? We do we do want to listen to the audio, yeah. So play the audio okay. of and it was a full it was a full story and, and then she and I remember that I was this, this way was before in the tag, yeah. This yeah. way before landmine, way before I'd run for office before I had gotten seriously fifty texts mm-hmm. when it happened. Hearing, so it was, hearing the full story and knowing ahead of hearing the story that she owned the club she's reporting on, it gives you a full understanding of how ridiculous this is. This is, this is what is. I would call yeah. very loose. Yes. All right. Here we go. Now on NICAST, will ballot measure to help Alaska's medical marijuana patients get the drug they need? We take an up-close look at the answer. Plus, a house party takes a violent turn thanks to some unwanted guests. Now a teenage girl is in the hospital. They see us, but they don't hear us. Plus, when will the feds finally listen to the people of King Cove? Tonight, what the governor is doing to get their attention. Parnell! Woo! And now, from KTVA 11 News, this is Nightcast. Good evening, I'm Alexis Fernandez. The Alaska Cannabis Club calls itself Alaska's first and only legal medical marijuana resource. And today, the club is launching its own campaign to help legalize recreational marijuana on November 4th. KTV 11 Charlotte Green spoke with the people behind the Alaska Cannabis Club and the people working to keep marijuana illegal. Charlotte? Well, Alexis, the vote no on two campaigns. Are you guys having like a PTSD right now? It is weird to watch this. Yeah, yeah I, haven't, I haven't watched this back since it happened. Yeah. Wow. Says the vote on November 4th has nothing to do with medical marijuana. The Alaska Cannabis Club says otherwise. In fact, today it's launching the Vote Yes on Two for Freedom and Fairness campaign to help the thousands of Alaskan medical marijuana cardholders find easier access to their medicine. It's her business. When you see yeah. It's her business. Yep. It has been a long and trying six months for Solomon Nashupuk. He's been waging a war against the testicular cancer threatening to claim his life. I was diagnosed in March of 2014. How old were you? I was 20 at the time. 20. Yeah. Prescription drugs and chemotherapy led to dramatic weight loss and insomnia until his own mother recommended he try medical marijuana. I know it helped him with his appetite with all that chemo and treatment and all the nausea and everything. Ooh, that, that audio. Ooh, pretty terrible, yeah. So Where was Jason Sear on that audio? Great, though. But Tilly Nashupuk says she was concerned about her son having to break the law to obtain his medical marijuana until the Alaska Cannabis Club entered the picture. I saw online on Facebook oh, about the Cannabis Club and I gave them Saving to lives. Them to call. Definitely more patients out there like Solomon and they're... This guy's the boyfriend? This is her That's boyfriend. That's her boyfriend, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. The Alaska Cannabis Club, Peter Lomonaco, says Co-founder. Like Solomon are why the Alaska Cannabis Club exists. We are a group of Alaskans operating for Alaskans, and um, we're not here to hurt anybody. We're just out here to fulfill you know, a safe way for these people to obtain their medication that they need. Both Lamonaco and the Nashupuk say unless Alaskans vote to pass ballot measure two and legalize recreational marijuana, medical marijuana patients in the state will continue to be forced to feed the black market when they can't get to the Alaska Cannabis Club. 
Christina Woolston with the Big Marijuana <laughs> Big Mistake Vote No on Two so campaign this is 14. says ballot okay. number yeah, two yeah, sure. has yeah. nothing vote, to do yeah. with medical marijuana patients. Well, medical marijuana is legal in Alaska, and we do feel like there should be a conversation about medical marijuana, um, but that's not what this ballot measure is about. But the Alaska Cannabis she's Club maintains ballot Donald. measure two uh, has everything to do with medical marijuana, and they say they'll be working to ensure the measure passes in the coming weeks. Now, everything you heard is why I, the actual owner of the Alaska Cannabis Club, will be dedicating all of my energy toward fighting for freedom and fairness, wait. which begins with legalizing like, wait, marijuana what? here what? in Alaska. Yeah, she's totally off script this here. Job, well, not that I have a choice, but fuck it. I quit. Oh, God. All right, we apologize for that. Alexis was just like kind of shocked. We'll be we'll be right back. I mean, uh, pardon for us. Meanwhile, the vote yes oh, on God, two campaign held a fundraiser yeah. last night with Gary Johnson, the CEO of one of the largest Anyways. cannabis businesses. The Damn. So this is almost eight years ago. This is yeah. twenty four. This is November, yeah. October twenty fourteen. Yep. Yeah. And just uh, so, and no one knew. She interviewed her boyfriend about the business that they owned together. Yeah. And nobody knew. So you were home. I, no, I was at a friend's house having a bonfire in their backyard. And Trent, you were actually on the the, the running the control room. I, I was, yeah, engineering the newscast. Yeah, yeah. So what happened immediately after this? Alexis kind of like said, uh, "What do we do?" I immediately called the news director, Bert Rudman, at the time, and said, "Bert," and he had been watching, and he's like, "Yeah," I've, and I said, "I'm here at the station. What do you want me to do?" He said, "Go get her keys, get her computer, escort her from the building." So you escorted her out. Yeah. Was she cooperative? Oh yeah, no. She was. Uh, she was. She knew exactly what she was going to be doing. She'd planned yeah. it all out, and she was at her desk, copying files off her computer. And uh, I asked her to stop, and she finished copying some files and handed me her keys and her laptop, and out she walked. And Jason, you had to. Did you did you come to work or what? Because you were I, the digital manager. Right? I got a phone call from one of our uh, digital reporters, actually. Sierra, who was on the digital team, and then that Sunday was the very first time she was going to be on TV. Her very first story was supposed to come right after Charlotte's story. And so, like, she was watching to wait and see her story on the 10 p.m. newscast for the first time. She was a new reporter up here. Oh, boy. She called me and said, oh, my God, did you watch? And I just <laughs> said, I have no idea what you're talking about. What happened? So she you hadn't said, seen it? I hadn't seen it. I mean, I tended not to watch the newscast as the digital manager unless I was there in the studio. I read all the stuff online, and uh, she explained what happened, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh, this... my God. And I just drove straight to the station, like smelling like bonfire and whatever winter clothes I was wearing. So so now, I, I, I don't recall this exactly, but it seemed like KTVA didn't say anything at first, did they? So that was the that was my big thing. That w I was sitting there, so I was in charge of the Twitter account and the Facebook account and the website. And what I wanted to do was just tweet out something along the lines of like, "We apologize for that. Obviously, that person doesn't work here anymore." <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, like obviously, Charlotte is no longer with our team. Or even just like, wow, wow. wow. just wow. <laughs> did you guys see that too? Yeah. Did you guys see that? So how many other people were? I hope you were watching KTVA. Like <laughs> any, anything, anything. And what ended up happening was I called, uh, maybe I think I called Bert and then Bert had talked to, um, 
one of the senior VPs at GCI, possibly even Ron Duncan. Because GCI owned the KTVA. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. their legal team. And they told me, do not do anything yet. Our legal team is going to come up with what to put out, the public message to put out. And on, that, a, on a Sunday night. On at a Sunday 10 night. 10.30 at night. Yeah, yeah. at 10.30 at night. I, I remember, like, vividly, my phone, I started getting all these texts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then I, didn't, I didn't watch it yeah. live. But then somebody had, had had gotten like the DVR, so they had a very ADN soon, soon pu- after they had had the clip. ADN put the clip up five minutes after it happened, and we found out later that Charlotte informed one of the people at ADN, like you need that to watch our coming. news. You uh, should record our newscast. Wow, pretty fucking pretty yeah. clever, but savvy, you know, yeah. but but also very shady. Yeah, and there was also some you know behind the scenes stuff. We were we got a little upset with ADN because they didn't tell us. Like they didn't. There was no like. Hey, your reporter is doing some weird stuff. Like she told me to do this, and yeah, they, they didn't, didn't do they didn't that. Share they, just, it. they recorded it and put it up five minutes later. And I, I was sitting there. We had this big TV screen in the studio with the web metrics, so you could see how many people were on the website live. And it went from like you know a couple hundred to five hundred to a thousand to fifteen hundred to four thousand people on our website. Everybody was trying to find this clip on our website. Yeah. And they were just trying to find out what the hell just happened. So, so. You know, I, my mom always told me what goes around comes around, and she did initially get a big bump from this. I mean, she was nationally national news. Yeah, it was yeah. everywhere. Yeah, and she, she threw did, a big house party in Girdwood or something, and Vice News came up and interviewed her. And for a while, she was really capitalized. I mean, she yeah. she had this business, but then then she had the obviously we all know she had the flame out. I actually saw her two or three years ago. I was in San Jose. I was flying with a buddy to L.A. and and I was in the airport. I saw her in the airport. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Charlotte Green. And she just looked really defeated and by herself. And I was like, wow, this, this is what it's come to when she was – because she wanted to, like, didn't – was a Snoop Dogg thing going on? Or? She was trying to do something with Snoop Dogg. The, the, was, was her place raided shortly after that? Yeah, that's when the whole legal mess started yeah. in Alaska. Yeah. Uh, so was, her attention, you know, backfired, and I, her place got raided because yes. they were selling pot, and it was such a legal gray area before it was legalized. They were – you had to subscribe to their club, and then you would get a certain amount of pot for being a member of the club. And sh- you know they saw it as her selling pot, and so the feds raided her place, and that so, kind of like distanced her from all the you know national people who would maybe want to attach themselves to her as mm-hmm. a you know an enterprising entrepreneur in the pot world. So, so, and I, I don't. know, This is so long ago, but did KTVA when all this was happening? Were you guys reporting on her? Or did you guys tend to? Did they tend to stay away from it? Well, so that night, uh, finally, at about. 2.30 in the morning. I sat there waiting for the lawyers to tell me what to tweet. It's the most ridiculous, like, four hours of my life. You should have just gone for it. I know. I should have just done it and then, like, apologized later. And, Forgiveness, not permission. Yeah. And uh, and they finally sent me an email, and it was like, here's what we want to put on, on Twitter and Facebook. You know, KTVA does not condemn, whatever it was. I don't have it uh, in front of me. It was K- legalese. Yeah. It was legalese. It's, it was like, like, it's like the Will Smith, you know, K- like. We apologize. We don't condone violence in any way. Right. We apologize to our viewers. KTVA does, KTVA does not condone the actions of our employee. That employee has been terminated. And that line just made me physically ill, knowing what internet does to you. Like, the trolls mm. just came out in mass. Yeah. And threw us under the bus and just, like, banged on our Twitter page and our Facebook page and our email. And our phones were ringing off the hook, like... What? Obviously, you can't say the person's been terminated if they said "fuck it, I quit" live on air. So, 
So Trent, how long were you there for? Did you stay for a while, or did, was it oh, fallout? Yeah, I, w- I was there till midnight or something. You know, Bert, I think, came into he the came building in pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, and I handed Bert her keys and her computer, and basically, I I washed my hands of the whole thing and went back to being an engineer. <laughs> the person I felt the worst for was Alexis. Like, oh yeah, I got she there was right trapped. at the end of the newscast, and she looked like she had seen a ghost, and she was like, you could tell she was physically ill. And she had never probably expected anything that anything like that to ever happen in her life. And I think it kind of affected how she reported for the rest of the time she was at KTVA. I, I think yeah. if I was her, and I can't say for sure, but I mean, what I would what I would hope that I would do is be like, "Wow, Jesus, did you guys see that? What a crazy bitch! Oh my God!" We had. I we're going to a break. We're going to come right back, and we're going to figure out what the fuck just happened. I remember yeah. having a lot of conversations in news meetings about how we should cover this, and. The general consensus from management was we're going to try to ignore it and be professional and just hold our heads up and move on. I would have gone the 180 on that one. Totally. I, myself, and the rest of the web team were kind of like, that's silly. Like, why not just talk about it? Like, let's remix the thing. Let's make like a remix track out of it and just keep talking about it. Like, for a very short period of time, you know, all eyes were on KTVA. And that's what we had spent so much money and so much energy and effort trying to get with all those eyeballs. And we did not capitalize on it. We just kept doing yeah. business as usual. Well, that's what I want to talk about too, because you know, Scott Jensen, who I'm partners with now yeah. and he has his company, but we have the studio. He was there. You guys were both there. And Trent, you actually built that whole, and that was the one that was destroyed in the earthquake, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you built out, that's your, your background is like building these. I'm a TV engineer. That's what I do. So there was a huge GCI made a huge investment mm-hmm. and it always seemed to me, and this is before I was kind of in the media, but it always seemed, and tell me if I'm right, it was almost trying to compete with KTUU. Oh, definitely. I mean, the goal was to, like, crush KTUU. And they thought that by having the best equipment and, you know, making the stories 10 times more visually appealing and, you know, focusing on storytelling and less, like, you know, bang, 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 like this person was shot over here and, like, the really you know, fast-paced news that kind of choppy stuff that KTUU is doing. They thought that they could tell longer stories. And Bert's background when he showed up was storytelling. I think he was at Dateline or something mm-hmm. else before mm-hmm. that in New York. So they were they were focused, you know, it was a bit of a an old-school, like, 1980s TV mentality. Like, let's tell the real stories of the people. Well, and KTVA was HD, and KTUU right. was at still point, standard yeah. deaf, yeah. and they immediately started building their HD facility. Yeah, and, and you could tell a huge difference when you flipped on your TV and watched KTVA. It looked way better. And, and you know, for me, moving here in 04, not, so not, not, I'm not, like, born and raised here, but I've been here for, yeah. you know, 10 years when KTVA really started. I don't know. For some reason, I was just always kind of like I watched Jackie and I watched Maria and I yeah, watched. That's it. The that's just, it was in my mind, you know, my head. I, no matter what, that's kind of. I, I watch it sometimes, but. Mm-hmm. Well, but and just, that was one. You know, looking back, that was probably one of the mistakes. Is they they had all this. They put all this energy and effort into the studio, which was beautifully done. And, and all they, the big talent came from the lower forty-eight. Yeah, they, they were had all, all from unknown faces. Yeah. And pe- it takes so long for people up here to get used to new faces. You yeah. know. And they were decent people. They yeah. they did a good job, but yeah. they were just unknown. Remember yeah. the Liz Rains one about Lynn Gaddis and the uh, pushing people out on the ice floes? No. She. This is like another big story. So, um, Lynn Gaddis was a representative, and, and Liz yeah. Rains did a story yeah. on her, and it was about the Pioneer Homes. And it's kind of like there's still some controversy over what exactly she said, but basically Liz, Liz Rains did the story about um, the, the interview. It was basically about 
Lynn Gaddis wanted to, I think she said something like, well, maybe they should go in the lower 48 if it's like too expensive to live here and it's cold. And it turned into the story about like Lynn Gaddis wants to like send the old people away. Oh, I do remember Alaska. That. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And, and that one kind of, you know, blew up too. And, yeah. and it's a little controversy over what exactly she, but she did say, Lynn Gaddis did say something kind of dumb, but that was one of those um, stories that blew up. It was a big one. Yeah. You know, the Charlotte Green thing, man, for weeks after it happened, everywhere you would go in Anchorage, you would, I would overhear somebody talking about it. Yeah. Every single place I would go, the store, the coffee shop, the bar, anywhere I was, people were talking about KTVA. KTVA, KTVA, KTVA. Did you see blah blah blah? That, we, that, that, was, that, that was that. That was that. That was that. Wi- that was the window. It was the window. That we was had the window. We had like a month or two where we could have just you know like done some really cool, funny, original, whatever stuff, and people would have finally like turned their head over in the direction of us. And we didn't do that. So how long more did you stay there, Trent? Uh, I left April eighth of sixteen, so I was there a couple more a couple years. years. Yeah. And then, Jason, you were there for... I was there until about 2016, 2017. I kind of switched roles when my kid was born, and I did more of the back-end, um, you know, technical stuff. And, and since I, since I, I mean, it's been about, a, what, over a year, year and a half, since I, since I kind of ceased operations? Couple, yeah. A couple years, yeah. Two years? Probably two years at this point, yeah. yeah. It's just like they disappeared into thin air. Yep. All the web content is gone, everything is gone. Stuff people spent years working on doesn't exist anymore they had that now they have this new k is a kyes which is kind of like it's kind of weird because channel two is owned by gray now they kind of have two stations but well gray bought the cbs license that's all they wanted they wanted their competition to the cbs and programming the C- cbs programming the affiliate programming and, and so KTU KYES. already had kyes yeah, which yeah. was an independent right and they moved the cbs programming to kyes so the actual call letters of ktva don't exist anymore do they no do you think it seems like all TV news is has been in the last five or ten years just been changing so dramatic? I mean, when I turn on Channel Two and I watch a story, it's it's always always sometimes new people because people from this market they want to go to the bigger market, right? And I feel like before maybe it's nostalgic, but like Adam Pinsker and Austin Baird, you had these guys that have been there a long time and they kind of knew, but then now it's always kind of a new. Now Sean McGuire has been there for a while in Juno, but it just seems like. There's not as much money going into these. Into well, there's these not as much money being made at those TV stations, and so they're asking you to do more work because now these TV TV reporters are also web reporters. They're also you know online journalists, so you're doing twice the work for the same pay or less. Yeah, and well, back in the day when I got started, you had a photographer and then you had a reporter. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's just one person. You have to shoot your own video, edit yeah. your own video research your own stories you got to do it all they're they're multimedia journalists they're not reporters and Trey, you we were talking back yesterday you've been you've been in the news business in alaska for a long time right news business i started in 96 television i started in 82 yeah did production for a while before i got kind of pushed into news and you were doing political can't you told me you were i edited a lot of political ads back in the day yeah who, who were some of the ones that maybe stick out people oh like? Tony Knowles, Wally Hickel, um, did a whole bunch of editing for their gubernatorial candidates, tons of um, house stuff. I started out in Fairbanks, lived in Fairbanks 10 years, so I did a lot of Betty Fahrenkamp, uh, mm-hmm. Ken somebody. Fanning? Know, Ken Fanning, yeah, yeah, independent guy. And um, So you were saying before, you told me this story about they wanted you to 
to do a response ad and they were put, tell me the story about this because you had to do, it was so different the way well, you edited it. The way political ads work, um, you know, political campaigns, you know, a candidate A puts out an ad, candidate B wants to react to it as fast as possible. And we, um, I worked at this facility here in Anchorage. It's called the Videoplex. It's long gone. But before you could edit on your computer, everybody, you know, had to go to these professional editing places and we were booked solid um, with both both of the candidates and it was you know Tony Knowles is going out the back door while Wally Hickel's coming in the front door and Tony had put out an ad and the Wally campaign wanted to respond to it and um, I'd been working 70 80 90 hours a week for weeks and I had promised my wife that Friday night I'm coming home six o'clock I'll be done I'm coming home and the Hickel campaign manager came in on Friday afternoon. He's like, I got to edit tonight. I need one of you guys to edit. And there was myself and one other guy. How was the editing different compared to like now with the, with the video, with the computer? Well, you shot on videotape, actual tape, and you brought the videotape into a facility where we had tape machines and computers and, you know, switchers and graphics devices. And I mean, you linear, it was linear editing. You know, you lay down your first shot, you lay down your second shot, lay down your third shot. There was none of this editing on a computer. That was You're just, physically cutting and splicing yeah. actual videotape. Yeah. I mean, wow. So the so guy comes in. Guy comes in and he's like, I got to edit tonight. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't. I swore to my wife that I'd be home. I haven't you know, been home in weeks. And he pulled out a wad of money and he started peeling off $100 bills and laying them on the table. Here's 200 bucks. Can you edit tonight? 300 bucks. Can you edit tonight? And there's another editor in the room, a guy named Dave Hill, who's now living in, in Wisconsin. And Dave and I are looking at each other, and I'm like, nope, I can't. I swore to my wife that I would be home tonight. And Dave's like, no, I, I've got a girlfriend, and I promised her I'd be home tonight. And uh, he just kept laying down $100 bills. And when he got to 1000 bucks. Dave reached out, snatched up the 1000 bucks, and said, I'll edit tonight. And I went Ooh. home, and I was all happy and proud. I said, honey, guess what? I, I refused to edit tonight to, so I could be home with you, and I, I, I turned down $1,000. And she was like, you idiot. You should, you should have taken the trend. money. Yeah, what were you thinking? And that's 1990, right? So this is thousand yeah. dollars is like, oh, it was worth a couple, three, of, probably three grand. Yeah, right? and you know we were 25 year old, you know, paycheck to paycheck, you know, people back then. But well, you know, the other thing you told me is you worked on that show, Jay Hammond's Alaska. Yeah, yeah, that was a great show. Which was after he was governor, and I've seen some of these on Gavel before. They've mm -hmm. played them occasionally. And this is him just talking about... He would, you know, it was a one-hour show. They would try and find three interesting people to, you know, do a little profile on in the one hour. And um, they were, we did a show a month. There was a lot of work that went into them. I went on a few of the shoots, but mostly I was the editor. and sit back and edit all the material together. And there was uh, sponsors, I guess? Or who yeah, AT&T. It was Alascom back then. It was just when Alascom was getting purchased by AT&T, but... Alascom sponsored the show and bought time, I think, on KTUU. Oh, Jason, we we uh we missed out, man. I think we if we were our age right now, back in the eighties or nineties, probably would have had a lot more fun. I mean, mm. I had a lot of fun. I don't know about you, but I'm still. I've had fun. plenty of fun. <laughs> Forty I have years. A lot of, I have a lot of fun. I just it just seems like times were maybe very it's, maybe it's nostalgic. Very or looking back, but yeah, times were very different. And the you know that's the tail end of the oil money. Yeah, there was still a lot of money here. Yeah, teachers still got paid good wages, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Still had pensions and Yeah. So what what do you think is going to happen in the next 10 years with media with, you know, newspaper, I think Channel TV? 2 will have fewer and fewer and fewer employees doing more and more work and they'll try and keep up and 
I don't know. It seems like enterprises um, like ADN, like it's all moving to online content. And then there's people like you who are entering the sphere and you've got a TV studio essentially that you guys have built. And well, and the, th the thing about us that I, that I, that I love is if you have a TV station, you have to do every night, you have to do right. a story stories. That's mm -hmm. one of the hardest parts for the reporters. I think that's the, the biggest pressure is the daily deadline yeah. five, 30 or five o'clock and six o'clock and 10 o'clock all show up whether or not you want them to show up and whether or not your source got back to you you in the morning meeting said this is my story for the day and you know i watched a lot of reporters have complete and total freakouts at about 2 30 in the afternoon because they had absolutely nothing and then they'd switch over and do some nice little fluffy piece because that's all they could get why is it that channel channel two and ktva was similar i think it's probably Maybe other news stations. I don't know. Maybe the bigger ones are better at this. But if you want to go watch a story, it's hard to find it. Like like to go on the, the website, it's really hard. Maybe you might see a written version, but you can't find the or or, or well, there's that, something. Yeah, that was one of the things when we had when KTVA was in full swing. We were really really good about you know we we wanted unless it was a huge story, we wanted to wait until the first broadcast to put it on the web. So like right at five o'clock, we would put somebody's web story online and then as soon as that was done we would take the video from tv and merge ktva it with the was better at that they would yeah. have the video pretty much every article you could every single time click the yeah. video but yeah. like channel two and, and even the that was we were specifically doing that because people couldn't find stuff on channel two we wanted them to come over to us and stay with us because we had the video and we had the content immediately right there in front of you and even Channel 2's web, when I go on the web, I don't know if you guys ever go on the website, it's kind of like, it's just... It is weird. It's it's like, it looks, I don't know, you feel like you're mm -hmm. on some 10, 20-year-old website. Yep. Trying to, and there's all these pop-ups, you know, these ad ads you're dealing with, so it's really hard to... Well, that's the challenge with the web, is capitalize, you know, how do you make money off the web? With TV, yeah, I was you run told, commercials. I was told quite a few times, uh, I, I met a lot of walls in my time as digital manager there, like... I was told many times we make money from TV. We don't make money online. And I would come up with ways to make money and nothing would ever happen. And another wall would get put up and which is kind of ironic because so many people can consume or yeah, get their, show, get their news I would show online. them numbers and I knew the TV numbers. Like we, we had clear TV numbers of how many people were mm -hmm. watching. We had clear numbers of the web and the web was way more than TV viewership was, but, but when you go to Lithia, you know, yeah. to buy right. commercials, right. they'll give you 50 bucks for the web and they'll right. give you 500 bucks for a TV spot. Yeah, it's a mentality and mm -hmm. you know, it was a battle every day to get to get people there to think that the web was important. It changed slowly, like right as I was getting ready to leave, people had fully gone in on web and all of the reporters were really good about writing web scripts and they had all become really good print journalists because we, you know, we had a couple people on the web team that were really good um, editors and they would look at everybody's web story. And so, you know, in the time that I was there, three and a half, four years, whatever it was, I, you know, everybody improved and all these web folks or all these TV folks gained, you know, this skill to be able to write really good web copy and mm -hmm. then publish it. And yeah, see what, what I do. And, and, you know, again, I started this kind of from scratch, but we have our, our stories we do, our written stories. Mm -hmm. And then we also do live streams. Like, you know, you're helping with the studio, but we do live streams, YouTube, Facebook, we, we do the pod podcast, which is separate, but those are on Facebook and YouTube. And sometimes we'll put them in the website if it's like a 
you know, a big event or a debate or something, but people kind of know the websites for like the written content mostly. And then the other stuff we have is on Facebook live or YouTube. And then they, they, they kind of know that it's like, it's broken up a little bit. So it feels like it's, it's like you kind of, if you want to watch a video, you go here. And if you want to read a story, you go here. Well, one thing you should get good at is putting uh, like a video section on your website, like make your website the place where people go to find it. Mm-hmm. And then if they want to see it in those other platforms, fine. But your website should be the place. Your, it should be all inclusive. Yep. One stop shop. Come to find it all. Just like the frustration you had with trying to find the videos from TV news stories. People want to see your videos that you do maybe on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you put stuff. They want to see it on your website. Which is still the, the most frustrating thing is when, when KTVA did the new website years ago. The Speedo Gate story, which Kate yeah, McPherson. I, McPhier- <laughs> I was there for the transfer. We couldn't take all the stories. We tried to. We couldn't. We couldn't transfer all the stories just because of the the CMS, the back end CMS wouldn't take all the stories. We remember, a, remember, remember Kate McPherson. Of them. Yeah, this Australian did the story on Speedo Gate, which was actually a great. I mean, it was a really mm-hmm. good story. It got big. It got national, you know, attention when this happened in twenty when the, the when I when I got got on the commission. But anyways, it was great talking to you guys. I mean, the Charlotte Green thing just kind of. I guess it's been almost eight years and just. Yeah. Talking to you guys, but I had no idea that you were you were both there when it went down behind the scenes. Yeah, wonder 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 where, wonder where she is. Any, I have no well, idea. If you're no out idea. there, Charlo, call Jeff. Yeah, well, he yeah. misses you. That'd Jeff a, wants to talk to you. That'd, that'd be a good podcast. That'd be yeah. a good podcast. All right. All right. Well, uh, Trent McNally and Jason here. I want to thank you guys for for coming yeah, in. And, and Jason, thank you for doing all the podcast work. And anybody's listening, Jason's the guy behind the behind the. Mike that does all my podcast stuff. So I appreciate it. If you guys are listening, make sure to like and follow us on any of the Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Stitcher, tune in and give us a review. We'd appreciate that. And um, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do another one, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.